We're here in the very last moments of 2018, and I saw a post the other day. I think it was uh, Danielle Davila posted this or reposted it, but I don't know who it was. She, it said, someone asked, how was 2018? And just the simple response was, it rained. <laughs> was that you that posted that? Yeah. It, doesn't it seem that way? I don't remember so many months together like this. I feel like since September, we've had four days of sunshine. But, uh, and, and it's just, it's really, it's kind of like wearing and kind of takes its toll a little bit. And, and who's ready for 2019? Amen? Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. And I know some of us are, we're all gung-ho for it. And, and, and I'm ready too. But over the last several days, it's very interesting. You got up here, Russell, and you said everything that you did because, you know, we've talked some, but I've not shared uh, this message with you. And you were just kind of like really setting up uh, the message today, which is called Finish Well, which you said. And I've been very retrospective over the last several days about 2018. Um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been, been thinking and praying, God, what do you want for this December 30th? What do you want for this Sunday? You know, there's a lot of different directions we could go. There's a lot of different messages. And, and I just felt this welling up on the inside of my spirit, this message on finishing well on finishing well. And this is kind of a, an interesting uh, message here because it kind of really could be part of the legacy series that we kind of did through November and December. Or it kind of also could be part of the new year, new you series that we're getting ready to start next week. But this is kind of just this in-between message that maybe kind of connects the two. And it really wasn't intended to be that, but it as it developed, that's just kind of how I see it. And so, you know, I've been thinking about Retrospective, 2018, and uh, maybe more retrospective now than ever before. I don't know why, but it's just maybe because I'm getting older. I look back on some of the events of this last year, and I'm encouraged. You know, I'm encouraged by what God has done. I'm encouraged by my family and my friends. I'm encouraged by you, my church family, and what's going on. um, but, But I'm also not in denial. I'm not in denial about the things that haven't been so rosy, you know? There, there's been things that, that haven't been perfect, and I'm not just kind of sweeping those under the rug. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I've had it, like any epic fails in my life this year, but there's some minor things, you know? There's some things, and there were good intention, intentions that weren't kept. There were some goals that were set that never really had any strong follow-through in my life. Um, a few things that I started that I never finished, you know, to be honest with you, I sat with my family in Opryland Hotel, December 31st, 2017, and all five of us, we just kind of went around this table sitting there out in, in one of the atriums or in the solariums, and um, we just kind of went around and said, this is, you know, what, what do you want to see for 2018? And one of the things that I threw out there, one of the goals that I wanted to see, I, I, didn't, I didn't meet, didn't come close. I kind of kept putting it on the back burner all year long, all year long, and, and then I, it was October, and I was like, all right, I still have time, I still have time, let's get this done, and then everything started happening with my knee, and then it really just kind of put a halt to what I wanted to do in that goal, and, and so, you know, there were, there were goals that I just, I pushed off and pushed off, and I thought, oh, I can, I can do this, I can wait on this a little bit longer, when I should have gotten to work on it right away, and and so, you know, you might say, J.D., don't be so hard on yourself. 
You know? Um, don't you know? You're God's masterpiece. You're a favored son. You're more than a conqueror. And to that, I say, I completely agree with you. I 100% agree with that. I, I know that I'm a favored son. I know that I'm more than a conqueror. I know that I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I know all that. Right? Amen? And because of those truths, I've got to contemplate every area of my life and ask myself and ask Holy Spirit, what areas of my life do not reflect my God-given identity? And as I'm real with myself and I look back over this last year, I see places where God's character uh, in my life increased and parts of his plan were accomplished. Praise God. And I also see opportunities for growth and improvement. This is called evaluation. And nothing grows and nothing improves without it. It's a powerful tool. Now, for me personally, the thing that, like, you know, we've all probably heard this saying that you are your worst critic. And I can, on, I can absolutely say that about myself. And so this is where, this is not, evaluation is not an exercise or it's not a tool that you need to wield on your own. It is a, it is a tool that you need to wield through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you willed it by yourself, if you willed it in your own power, if you willed evaluation in your own strength, then you, you'll be defeated. <laughs> or you'll step into pride. You know, one of the things. But Holy Spirit can come alongside of you and help you evaluate what's going on in your life. And help you, guide you, and help say, hey, this, is, this was awesome, this was great, this, we're going to keep focusing on this, and then here's some other areas, and let me show you some insight and some ways that you can shore this up. And you don't have to feel defeated or beat up when Holy Spirit comes alongside you and helps use the tool of evaluation. Some of you might be going, J.D., I don't... I'm not sure if I like where this message is going. This is not the feel-good message that I wanted to end 2018 on. You know, I wanted to close out 2018 with a bang. But listen, I, me too. But it's all about perspective. So for me, this is closing out 2018 with a bang. This is a good thing. My perspective is that me coming face-to-face -face with my opportunities for improvement and for growth are, are, is something that the Holy Spirit's going to use to propel me in 2019. I believe this, this evaluation is a powerful tool. Holy Spirit can use me to better get into alignment with God's vision for my life. And I believe Holy Spirit, I believe the Lord wants me to finish well in 2019 even better than we are here in 2018. And I believe it's important for you and I to be people who finish well. Why is that? Well, number one, we have the example of Jesus, the one who finished better than anybody. And, it's, and you're like, well, that, I could never live up to Jesus' example. That's not true. Because you have the, Holy, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, and it quickens your mortal body. Amen. And so if that spirit enabled Jesus to finish well, the Holy Spirit can enable you to finish well. Why? Why do we need to be people that finish well? 
Because we live in a world where hardly anyone does. We live in a world and in our culture where hardly anyone does. And if there's anybody that needs to finish well, it's the people of God. Amen? And I'm not just talking about 2019. I'm talking about 2060 and 2070. And for some of you, 2080. Right? I'm not thinking about the end of of this next year. I'm thinking about the end of all my years. Few people finish well. Not even every believer finishes well. There's a lot of dangers along the way for those of us who follow Jesus. Many people become discouraged by hardships. A large number cease to grow spiritually and they become stagnant. Other people tragically fall into temptation, damaging their testimony. But I want to be somebody who runs faithfully to the end with my full potential in life and ministry being developed by the Holy Spirit through the work of sanctification, by me saying yes to the Holy Spirit, like we talked about last week with Mary and Joseph, right? They just simply said yes. I want to be able to echo the words of the Apostle Paul that he wrote to Timothy. He said this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I want to be able to say that someday. You know, if we look through the Old Testament, we see uh, patriarchs, we see priests, we see military leaders. If we look in the New Testament, we see apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, many of which are really great examples of how to finish well, and then some are examples of what not to do. If we look through these biblical examples, we see a, a few different ways that people finish. Now, the most desirable way that people finish is by running. That's the most desirable way to finish. You know, I, I think about Abraham and Joshua and Daniel. I think about Paul. I think about Peter and, and others. These are people that experienced intimacy with God throughout all, through the, at the end of their lives. They never stopped learning. They never stopped growing. They led with spiritual authority. And as they were fully submitted to the Lord... Holy Spirit developed them and significantly used them to advance the kingdom of God on the earth. Now, the second way we see people finish is not by running, but it's the next step down, and that's walking. And so some people were slowed down in their ministry because they got distracted. You know, some, some of them were, they, lo- they lost focus. Some of them were distracted by sin. I think of David, Jehoshaphat. Hezekiah, others, they fell short of what God intended for their lives. And for some of them, even though they, had been, they walked with God at the end of their lives, they still had to deal with the ramifications of some of the choices that they had made earlier in their lives. See, if I go out and rob a bank today, and I get caught, and the police come and catch me and lock me up, I can ask God to forgive me, and God will absolutely forgive me, But guess what? The judge will still send me to jail. And I'll have to serve a a, a jail sentence in in federal prison. So there are things that God, hey, God will forgive you. God will restore you. God will love you. God will empower you. But sometimes there are still real life consequences to our decisions that we have to, to walk out. And that's what we see in the lives of some of these guys. So, 
Listen, I want to get on a soapbox here for a second, sidetrack that's related to this. That's why it's absolutely imperative. Those of us that are moms and dads in the room, those of us that are parents, those of us that someday you're going to be a parent, that's why it's absolutely imperative that we teach and train our kids to love and serve Jesus all the days of their life. All the days of their life. God's plan is for you to be the example of Jesus to your kids. That's why it's important for your kids to be plugged in here to the dynamic ministries that we have for kids and students. That's why you, moms and dads, ought to be plugged into a city group. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Our kids... I want our kids, I want my kids to grow up and stand on my shoulders. I want them to start on a higher platform than which I started on. You know, and they say, they say, well, experience is the best teacher. Yeah, it is. But it doesn't have to be my own experience that I learn from. And it is the same goes for my kids. I want my kids to learn from my experiences the great things, my successes, but also I want them to learn to avoid some of the mistakes that I made. I know some teenagers right now, and when I say I know some teenagers, I'm not talking about generally. I know names, teenagers. I know the names of some young adults right now that through the decisions that they are making today, they are building some major obstacles that they're going to have to face and overcome in their life later. And it doesn't have to be that way. It absolutely doesn't have to be that way. Thank you for the one person clapping. (laughs) Listen, this whole business of it being an acceptable concept in our culture for our teenagers and our young adults to go out and they got to just sow their wild oats. That is absolutely contrary to God's word. Does not have to be that way. God's way of doing things is that we would train up our kids in the way that they should go, and when they become adults, they don't stray from it. They don't walk away from it. Now listen, some of you here have done that. Some of you here have raised up your kids to love and serve Jesus, and they have their own personal responsibility, and some of them are not walking very close to the Lord right now. Listen, I do not, I'm not trying to heap condemnation on you. Don't feel that whatsoever. Don't feel like, well, I failed in some way. Listen, you never stop parenting. You never stop parenting. I know that my oldest kid is, is only 16 right now. But I know this because I'm, I'm observing my, my mom and dad. I'm observing others of you that are, are a little further ahead of me in life. And you've got adult children. And you know, you never stop parenting. I know some of you, you've got adult children and you worry more about your kids now as adults than they were when they were teenagers. So listen, don't give up hope, mom and dad. You still have influence in the life of your kid. Keep loving them. Keep speaking truth and love to them. I knew this, I knew this, uh, man, I'm, I'm just on the soapbox. Um, I knew this one mom came to me. Her son had been in my student ministry for a number of years, and he had um, he he, he kind of was serious about the Lord, and but it was kind of like a roller coaster in his life. And he had uh, gotten his girlfriend pregnant. He was a senior in high school. You know, they had made some mistakes, and she came to me, and she just was wanted me to fix him. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> 
And um, she, I remember her saying this to me. I didn't raise him to be this way. I didn't raise him to make these decisions. I didn't raise him to make these mistakes. And I didn't say this to her at the time because it wouldn't have been helpful. But in my mind, I was thinking, maybe, yeah, okay, maybe you didn't teach your son that it was acceptable for him to go out and have an inappropriate relationship with this young woman and not be married to her. But you allowed him to be exposed to a lot more influences that did tell him that that was okay. So yeah, maybe you didn't raise your kid to do that, but you, you didn't raise him not to. And so I think, again, I'm not, this is not bringing a word of condemnation, but it is bringing a word of like maybe alertness. Moms and dads, don't, don't go through life with your head buried in the sand. I, I knew another woman. She said to me, uh, I don't, if my kids are into this such and such, I don't even want to know about it. I was like, what? <laughs> your, your responsibility, your God-given responsibility as a parent is to train your kids in the way that they should go so that when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Moms and dads, let's be alert. My wife's trying to get me back on track. She's like, okay. <laughs> okay, all right, yes. All right, I'm coming down off the soapbox. <laughs> Running, walking. Third way that we see people finish is by limping. Uh, limpers, they could include, uh, not O-limpers, <laughs> just limpers. Man, I, you know, I love the Olympics. I'm really bummed out. It's like another year and a half before we have any Olympics. The limpers would inc- include Gideon, Eli, Solomon, some of these others. They finished the race, but kind of in poor shape. They were on decline in their latter phase of the journey. That might have been an in decline in their relationship with God or their, their ministry effectiveness. And then, of course, the fourth way that people finish is that they don't finish at all. They disqualify themselves. Absalom, Ahab, Phineas and Hophni, um, Ananias and Sapphira. People that just completely, absolutely disqualified themselves. These are people that were moved from influence by assassination, <laughs> by being killed in battle, by being denounced or overthrown, or did they just straight up drop dead in the presence of the Holy Spirit? New Testament. Listen, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the ones that could be said of, hey, he finished running. That's what I want for my life. Now, if we look at these biblical examples, we see some common barriers that kept them from finishing well. And if we're not careful, we'll let, they'll keep us from finishing well too. One of those barriers is the misuse of money. We're just going to talk about some general things here that we all need to be aware of. We're, remember, evaluation. Evaluation. Misuse of money. Too many people are careless in the way that they handle their finances. Some people, it's ignorance. They just don't know what they're doing. Some people, it's impulse. They just give in to any impulse that they have at any moment. And, and so that's why they're broke because they, they have a lot of things, but they don't have, you know. And then the other thing is greed. And so all of these things, they can sway sound judgment 
They can lead to sin. They can lead to downfall. They can be a barrier that keeps you from finishing well. Another big barrier is pride. You know, if we're not aware, if we're not alert, sometimes our success can pave the way for pride. Self-centeredness can set in. It can lead to poor decisions. It can lead to ungodly behavior. But we would all do well to heed what James said. James chapter 4, verse 10. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of God. And at the due time, he'll lift you up. So don't be so worried about, hey, do people see me? Do people know me? Do people recognize me? Because it's a great, listen, it is a great need of the human heart to be seen, to be heard, to be known. Sometimes we have to settle to be, just be seen and known and heard by, by Holy Spirit. That's got to be an issue that's settled in our heart. Number one, the Lord sees me. Listen, I've walked through some hard, difficult times in my life where I felt like, man, does anybody see? Does anybody hear me? Does anybody, I'll be in a room and, and speak at a normal volume and no one even acknowledges me. Like I wasn't even there, like I was a ghost. And you've got to have this settled in your heart. The Lord knows me. The Lord sees me. The Lord hears me. The Lord loves me. And that's good enough. Here's another barrier. Sexual immorality. Sexual relationships outside of the bounds of marriage. There have been a powerful tool in the enemy's hands against God's people. David's sin with Bathsheba. That's been repeated countless times in our generations, all throughout all the generations, and the results are still devastating every single time. Another barrier is family conflict. And I just throw this in there too. I'd already finished these notes and made this slide, but I started thinking about this. It's not just in the family, but it's just any kind of unforgiveness in your life, right? But unresolved conflicts between husbands and wives, unresolved conflicts between parents and children, between siblings, your in-laws, all of that can be a barrier. And really, like I said, just unforgiveness in general toward anybody, toward your boss, toward your, your kid's teacher, toward whoever. It can be a huge barrier that's going to keep you from finishing well. Another barrier I think we tend to overlook oftentimes is complacency. Complacency can set in in a lot of different areas in your life. Complacency starts, I think, when your relationship with the Lord. And because I, I think if you're if you're complacent there, then it just kind of it's a trickle down effect, and it goes into a lot of other areas. You get complacent in your own soul. You get complacent with your job. You get complacent in your marriage. You get complacent with your parenting. You get complacent with you know with school, whatever. And here's the thing, complacency leads to stagnation, and stagnation leads to decay. Decay is another fancy word for death. And I'm telling you, complacency is a barrier that will keep you from finishing well. Man, this is the most depressing message of all. Why are we finishing out 2018 like this? Listen, evaluation, evaluation. We're going to hit, I want to hit the ground running in 2019. So let's be real. Let's get real. So, hey, 
All right, we're going to flip it up. We're going to go up, upswing here. Ready? Just like there's common barriers that, help, that prevent people from finishing well, there's also common propellants that help people finish well. There's a, there are common things that if we, again, look at these biblical examples, we say, oh man, that thing and that thing and that thing, that helped them finish well. So what are those things? Well, one of the things that you, that's going to propel you to finish well It's related to what we've been talking about over the last many weeks in our legacy series, and that is having a long perspective and a learning attitude. You need a long perspective and a learning attitude. Those who finish well, they realize that God's agenda goes beyond their lifetime. Those who finish well, they continue to grow all the way through their lives, all the way until the end of their lives. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, the writer of Hebrews gives this admonition to us. He says, remember your leaders. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way, of their way of life. Consider their way of life and the outcome, how they ended their life, and imitate their faith. I want to look at those around me who are hitting it out of the park. I said, what can I learn from them? Listen, uh, we're not going to spend a lot of more time here. If you missed any of the messages in the Legacy series, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to that. You can do that on our website, seedschurchtn.com slash messages. You can listen to it. You can watch it. But you need a long perspective. We've talked a lot about that over the last several weeks and a learning attitude. Another tool that's going to help you, it's going to propel you to finish well, are spiritual disciplines. Practicing spiritual disciplines. Listen, Jesus modeled for us the importance of just pulling away from the crowd, pulling away from activity in order to seek intimacy with the Father, to seek direction from the Father. And in order to finish well, we need regular times of inner renewal. The alternative is a drift toward complacency. The, the alternative is, is like you hit a plateau, and you're, just, you're not growing anymore. You just kind of plateaued. But you know what the antidote is to complacency? The ad- antidote to plateauing is it's time in the presence of God. Time in the presence of God. And that's what spiritual disciplines are about. It's not about going down your checklist and say, well, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done the other. I've done my spiritual disciplines for the day. No, it's about intimacy with the Father. It's about time and the presence of God. And, that, and when we're in God's presence, the Bible says, is that's where we are changed. We're changed in his presence. Those who finish well, they've learned the value of spiritual disciplines and regularly practicing them. When we say spiritual dis- disciplines, what are we talking about? We're talking about praying and fasting. We're talking about scripture reading and meditation. We're talking about worship. You know, I read something the other day that said something like uh, only 40% of, you know, congregations actually sing during worship. That's crazy to me. I, I, don't, I think that percentage is probably higher here at Siege Church. But listen, that is a spiritual discipline that, you know, well, I'm just too manly. I'm not going to sing, you know, about God's love and like, you know, he's jealous for me. What is that all about, you know? Listen, get over, get over yourself. Come on. Get over yourself. 
and seek like intimacy. That's just a weird word. Or talking about my relationship with God. Listen, you're just being weird. You're just like, just lay that down for a second. God wants to have a relationship with you. The creator of the earth. He created you. He's your creator. And he wants to be in relationship with you. Listen, I'm not saying that you're not worshiping if you're not singing. You can stand there and, and contemplate you know, the, the lyrics of the worship songs and that kind of thing. But it's not just, it's not, worship is not just that also. It's much more than that. We could do a whole series on worship. We did that, I think we did that last year or something. Maybe we did a message on it. Also, also talking about serving. Serving is a spiritual discipline. Giving is a spiritual discipline. And these are all things that ought to be in regular rhythm in your life. Not like, oh, well, it's December 30th. Let's, you know, get that tax deduction, you know. That's great. That's wonderful. But you ought to have that be a regular rhythm in your life, a pattern in your life that I'm giving, I'm serving, I'm praying, I'm fasting in certain seasons. I'm worshiping. I'm reading scriptures and meditating on them. The Apostle Paul, he had been in ministry for probably about 20, 21 years or so, and he wrote this first letter to the church in Corinth. He said this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he says, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So Paul is saying, hey, I don't want to be disqualified. I want to finish the race running, not disqualified. So what am I going to do? I'm going to be disciplined. And then much, many years later, many years later, probably 15 years later, Paul's probably, he's, he's in his older years now. He's, in his, he's like, hey, these are my wisdom years here. He's, he's probably in there 65 to 70, somewhere in that age range. And he shares some Holy Spirit wisdom with Timothy, Pastor Timothy. And this is what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Again, he's saying the same thing. Train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value. Jeff, we talked about that earlier, right? We're talking about... There's some value in that. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Paul's saying, hey, listen, discipline life is part of what is going to propel you to finish well. Having these spiritual disciplines as a regular rhythm in your life is going to help you finish well. The last thing that I'll mention is this. If we want to finish well, then we've got to have godly mentors and community. We've got, we've got to, absolutely have to have godly mentors and community. The reason why some people, some believers are not walking upright is because the people that they considered to be mentors in their life, they might not even use that word, but it's the people that they look up to, the people that they're emulating, those people are not being a godly example to them. They're not godly mentoring them. And then we, we have a whole generation of people who the only mentors that they have in their life is the entertainment industry. That's who is mentoring them in life are those in Hollywood, those in entertainment, or those, you know, they're being mentored by social media. Who has the most follows? Who has the most likes today? That's who is mentoring me. Some people are mentored by political ideas or political figures. Now, 
we have all these, these mentors in our life, but none of them are pushing us or encouraging us to love and serve Jesus. They're pushing us and encouraging us to love and serve ourselves. Serve our agenda. Listen, love is not their motivation. Fear and self-indulgence are their motivation. Another mistake that people make is they think, well, I don't need anybody. I can go alone. I can do this myself. But the truth is, is that if you're going to live an overcoming life, if you're going to want to finish well, you've got to have godly mentors and community in your life. You need people that you can be open with. Safe place. But they've got to be godly. A lot of people, a lot of you, you have people that you're open with at work. But they're not godly people who are speaking God's truth to you in love. They're just agreeing with your problem. They're just coming into agreement with your mess. The people that you want to be open with are people that are godly. People that can speak God's truth to you in love. Surround yourself with godly mentors and friends. Give them permission to counsel you. Give them permission to rebuke you when you need it. Be teachable. Golly. Man, I could tell some stories. I just, saw this, I just saw this tweet the other day. I follow this one Twitter account called Wrestling Pastor. And it has all these GIFs of like these, like, you know, WWF or whatever it's called now, WWE wrestling things, you know, where people are just getting body slammed. But it's always like with this like little um, caption. And it was like, thank you, Pastor, for like spending two hours with me over coffee and talking to me about what God's truth is in my life. I think I'm going to completely disregard that now. And it just showed like somebody just getting body slammed, you know. (laughs) Listen, be teachable. Give your godly mentors, give your godly friends permission to say, hey, if I'm off, tell me. I have that relationship with people. My wife especially. Yeah, you can chuckle at that, right? <laughs> you know, it's true, but seriously. Sometimes I don't want to hear what she has to say, but when she does, and it's the Holy Spirit, I have to just shut up and go, hmm, okay, thank you. Thank you for speaking truth to me. And Holy Spirit, thank you putting her in my life. And I give her permission. And she's not the only one I have that kind of relationship with. Make time to pray with people. Make time to pray with your godly mentors. Make time to pray with your godly friends. Share the problems that you're going through. Don't hide them. Share your successes also. Godly mentors and friends are key to having you discover who God created you to be and doing what God called you to do. You hear us talk about that all the time. That's our, that's our mission statement. We exist to help people discover who God create, created them to be and equip them to do what God called them to do. You cannot do this effectively without godly mentors and community. Your life is like a seed, right? That's what we say around here. Your life is like a seed and your community is a soil. So what you got, first of all, we all know that a seed does not grow without soil. But then the question is, what kind of soil are you going to plant yourself in? Are you going to plant yourself in dry soil 
where the pH balance is all jacked up? Or are you going to plant yourself in the soil and the community where it's being fertilized by God's word and his spirit? Research shows that most people that have finished well have had anywhere between 10 to 15 significant people who have come alongside them at various stages in their life. So if you're serious about finishing well, then you need to find godly mentors and friends who can hold you accountable in every single area of your life and they can help you avoid various pitfalls that are going to rise at different stages of your life. Be encouraged by this. God's desire for you is to finish well. That's his plan for your life. He wants you to finish well, and he's cheering you on, and he sent his Holy Spirit to fill you and and to, to be in you and on you to help you finish well. And if you fully cooperate with his sanctifying work, you will finish well. You'll do it. I pray for the same passion that Paul expressed in Philippians chapter 3. This is the, the, the scripture that we saw at the beginning on, on that video. It says this. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. Meaning, hey, I'm not perfect yet, but that's, I'm headed there. I'm, I'm in, that's, that's my goal. My aim is Jesus, the perfect and spotless lamb. And that's my inheritance. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I think you could also say brethren and sisterin. <laughs> I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So the question is, is do you want to finish well? Do you want to finish well? We're going to sing this song again. It is well. We're going to sing this fourth verse of this song. Talking about at the end of our days, at the end of our time, we can say we finished well. It is well with my soul. Here's some questions. What areas of your life are on track right now to finish well? I don't just assume that everybody's just in dire situation. There's probably a lot of us in here. We're doing great in some areas. And be encouraged in that. Holy Spirit's working in your life. Praise God. But now, what areas of your life are maybe not on track for finishing well? I want you to just do this right now. Just close your eyes and let's pray and let's ask Holy Spirit. This is, like I said, evaluation is not just a tool that we need to wield on our own. It's a tool that we wield with the partnership of Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, we come to you right now and we just thank you that you have good plans for our life. Your plan for our life is for us to finish well. And so we ask you right now to just start revealing some things to our hearts and to our minds, some areas that that may need some change, some areas that need adjustment. Some of that that change and adjustment might need to be (laughs) drastic, and some of it might just be tweaks. But Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to speak to our hearts.
think another good question to ask is, is what practices, what boundaries, what practices do you have in your, in your regular rhythm of life? What boundaries have you set in your life that actually are, are keeping you on track? They're going to help you. They're going to propel you to finish well. We need some of those. We need these practices. We talked about spiritual, spiritual disciplines. And there's, there's certain boundaries that we need in our lives. And so let's just ask Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would reveal to us it, where there's some areas, some practices in our lives that you want us to, to start um, in, engaging in, having them become part of regular rhythm of our life that will propel us to finish well. And Holy Spirit, we also ask you to highlight in our, air, in our lives some boundaries that we might need to, to set. Some, some lines that, that maybe don't need to be crossed in our lives that will help us stay on track to finish well. Just ask you to speak to our hearts now. of the Holy Spirit can be firm but also kind at the same time. Holy Spirit, I just I thank you for the way that you are with me. <laughs> that when I try to argue with you that you're you're very kind <laughs> but you're also very firm and you're not, you're not ugly about it. But you're very matter of fact. And I thank you, that's what I need. And my desire is to have every area of my life submitted to your Lordship. Every area of my life submitted to your authority. Jesus, I want to follow your example. I want to step in your steps and I want to finish well. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to lose focus. I don't want to go to the way of the world. I've decided to follow you. There's no turning back. That means if there's no turning back, there's no option, then other to finish well, God. And I thank you that it's not me and my own power striving, but it's your work in me and through me. And Lord, I pray that my life is a light that shines to this dark and broken and hurt and lost world. That when this world looks at my life and they see someone that's running well and finishing well and that's on track to finish well, I pray that it would be a testimony to you, Jesus. That Jesus, you would be lifted up. That you would be lifted high. That you would be magnified. That you would be exalted. Not me. It's all about you. 